Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. Hi, this is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Practice Hack of the Week. Have you ever woken up the day before a big performance or audition, had the sudden realization what day it was, and wondered to yourself, oh crap, how is it possible that tomorrow is here already? I certainly remember the moment I realized, on the day before the second round of an international competition, that my Bach Chacon was not fully memorized. Which I know sounds utterly ridiculous, but it's the kind of thing that would happen when I had my blinders on. I'd get so fixated on the immediate problems in front of me, like the intonation problem of the day, that I'd neglect the more important issues, like memory, until too late. I'd always vow to practice more the next time, of course, to start earlier, to be more organized, but it was always the same last-minute scramble, where I never felt quite as prepared as I ought to be. Why does this happen? And how can we manage our time better in the practice room so that we're more fully performance-ready when the day arrives? A team of researchers ran a series of studies to explore how we make decisions about tasks that are urgent versus tasks that are important. What's the difference between the two? Well, urgent tasks are those things that have to be done now, or else we may lose the opportunity to do so. Like, there's a small window of time after I wake up in the morning for me to walk my dog before he pees on the carpet. Important tasks are things that have major impacts, like eating healthily or brushing your teeth. And the two intersect, so some things are both urgent and important. If you fall off a horse and break your leg, for instance, you'll probably want to get to the hospital sooner than later. Other things are urgent, but not important, like the pizza coupon that expires at the end of the month. Then there are things that are important, but not urgent like spending time with family, or flossing, and things that are neither important nor urgent, like organizing your CD collection by composer's birth date. Decisions about the first and last categories are easy. It's the middle two where things get tricky. So when faced with such a choice, do we lean towards urgent things or important things? 124 university students were given a choice between two tasks of equal length and difficulty. Each task involved writing short one-minute reviews for five different products, like a phone. For each completed review, participants would receive a bonus of either 6 points if they chose task A, or 10 points if they chose task B, and they'd receive one chocolate Hershey's kiss for each 10 points earned. 
but half of the students, the urgency group, were told that task A would expire in the next 10 minutes, while task B would remain open for 24 hours. The other half, the control group, were told that both tasks would expire in 24 hours. Logically, task B is the better choice, since you get two more chocolates for the same amount of work. But the 10-minute expiration window seemed to distort some participants' thinking, as 31% of the students in the urgency condition selected the low-payoff task, compared with only 13% of students in the control group. But why? Isn't it obvious that task B leads to a bigger payoff with no difference in the work involved? Maybe, but the researchers conducted a few more studies to dig a little deeper, this time with real money involved, and found a few different things. One, participants who chose the low-payoff task tended to be more focused on time, as in when the task would expire, than the payoff, as in how much money they'd gain. Two, when participants were reminded, though, of how much money they'd be earning from each task right before making their decision, the urgency effect disappeared, and they chose the higher payoff task. And three, the urgency effect was even more noticeable amongst participants who perceived themselves to be busier. So what does all this mean in the context of practicing? The first is a bit of an obvious one, but it can be tempting to spend time on things that have to be played or performed sooner than later. For instance, today's rehearsal or gig is more urgent, so there's a clear, immediate payoff to spending the morning working on this stuff. And though an audition in two months may be more important in the grand scheme of things, there's not as much of a payoff today from spending an hour googling how to connect a mic with an XLR connection to the computer via USB so as to make future run-throughs and mock auditions more productive. The second factor has to do with what's actually more important. Some problems may actually seem more urgent than others, maybe because they're more conspicuous. Meaning, and maybe this was just me, but intonation, sound, and all the little technical glitches that popped up every day as I went from one passage to the next always felt more urgent than taking the time to develop a clear overall concept of the piece and experimenting with phrasing, character, and so on. Even though it's the latter, especially when it comes to giving a compelling, inspired, and engaged performance, that's probably more important. I used to rationalize this behavior by telling myself that I just needed some time to get things cleaned up and squared away first after which I'd be more than happy to work out all the musical decisions, record myself, and do more performance practice. But the reality, of course, is that there is never an end to the number of technical problems you can find. I know it feels like there's an end there somewhere, but there just isn't. All this to say, we'll never be truly ready to do run-throughs and mocks and put ourselves in practice pressure situations until it's too late. So how can we overcome the urgency bias and ensure that we devote enough time to the activities that will actually put future us in a better position? The first is to identify your most important tasks, or MITs. I used to practice by starting at the beginning of a piece, stopping whenever I heard something I didn't like, working on it a bit, and moving on until I got to the next problem area. The problem with this method, of course, is that what you hear when you're playing through a piece casually it's not necessarily what you'd hear if you were performing the piece from beginning to end and don't have the luxury of stopping. So while you may be tempted to stop and address many things that feel urgent, 
they may or may not be the most important issues to address. And so your time ends up being devoted to issues that could use work, but come at the expense of bigger problems that you don't realize are there until the day of a performance. Though it can be a blow to the ego, an easy way to identify your MITs is to record yourself doing a run-through first thing in the morning after warming up. Not necessarily every day, but certainly more often and sooner in the preparation process than would feel comfortable. Number two, stay focused on your MITs. I kept a little post-it on my computer monitor for about a year, on which was written a simple question. Is this the most important thing you could be working on right now? I can't remember where I read about this, but as simple as it sounds, it ended up being surprisingly helpful. 